Hi, this is Mike, Pedro, Usman and Veronica and you're listening to Music and Stuff. We're four friends living in Paris and we love music. We come up with a new topic every week, getting to know each other better and sharing personal stories and great playlists. Put your headphones on and enjoy the ride. So I'm going to start with just saying that um, tonight's topic is uh, all about that bass. So did you, were you preparing the uh, Megan Trainer song or something else? I prepared something else, which is not the, it's a cool song, but just to uh, show that she stole that song. It's a, ah. a song called Contact by Fish with a PH. Okay, so you think that her song sounds like their song? No, I think that whoever wrote her song <laughs> just stole the song that already existed from Fish, well, do you, beginning to end. Do you think it was stolen or like a heavy reference, like a nod, like inspired by like a, yay, hey, we're Fish fans, Fish fans will get it, like Megan Trainor. did like stolen. Did, did the music video have like references to Fish in it? Somehow, like, no, because they're probably trying to hide the fact that they stole it. Okay, cool, perfect. <laughs> this episode is actually going to be about uh, bass uh, lines and bass players and bass lines that you love and you hate. So, are you good to think about this topic? When um, once I was uh, in the shower and I was listening to this childish Gambino song called Baby Boy and uh, I caught myself like three minutes and I caught myself just thinking that I'm only listening to the bass line and uh, nothing else really matters because like I'm just following this uh, bass line that just uh, is super present in this song. Actually, in some songs, you can't even hear it, even if you're a professor, like, even if you're a musician, there are, there is just so much going on that you, mm, sometimes you just can't, like, maybe it's just me, but sometimes I can't hear it. Sometimes I can hear it super well. And sometimes it doesn't matter because it's not that important in the song. Or it just follows what, like, something else is yeah. doing. It's hiding behind the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the thing about bass—I mean, bass and drums—they're the rhythm section of a of a song. The only reason it wouldn't be like one of them wouldn't be that noticeable is because the song is um, bad. <laughs> but no, be, no, like in some in some punk songs, when you just like there's so much uh, guitar that you can't really hear bass. That's true. Yeah, like, yeah. There's, there's a lot. It's of like stuff. a skinny guy with a very very fat shadow. <laughs> You're talking about like the, the same bass thing. guitar? Is that a metaphor <laughs> the for the bass guitar? And then the bass. What you uh, hear, yeah. like you just like it's just following what the guitar is doing. Yeah. Maybe he's just a fake skinny. You know, there's this Portuguese expression in Brazil and Brazil that is like I don't remember the exact expression in Portuguese, but basically, fake skinny means that someone from afar looks very thin. But then uh, it's about a woman, actually, most of the time. But then the woman comes closer, and, and you can see that she actually has some curves. Mm. So, like, curvy, but, like, slim. Isn't that also what All About That Bass is about? <laughs> actually, I don't, know. I don't know for sure. I forget the lyrics because I've been listening to that bass line um, from Fish, uh, from Contact. But I think, actually, in, in that bass song, in... The, the most recent copycat version. I don't think there's that much bass. 
and they could have actually played more on it and just uh, yeah. added more bass to it, right? Yeah, and you know why? Because they probably didn't didn't write it. <laughs> Copyright. So that that's that song for me is the 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 opening to my entry into like noticing bass lines. Um, do you have uh, something to say about that, Pedro? <laughs> I have the same uh, situation, actually. Because, yeah. of, of course, I've heard the bass before. Um, like, the Day Tripper, uh, you know, like those Beatles songs that, of course, have a bass riff that guides the whole thing. But, you know, it just hadn't clicked. Yeah. And there was that one... Maybe because Paul McCartney is just so good at melodies that it felt more like an extra voice or like an extra melody instead of like a like a bass and the first time that I that it just blew my mind was I was watching this documentary it was quite late quite late I mean I had already played drums uh bad poorly but you know I should have known by then but like really it clicked I was watching this documentary called um Standing in the Shadows of Motown I don't know if you've no, watched it no I would have gone mm, if I had watched it Oh man! Sure. Oh man! You have to watch it. It's about the Funk Brothers, uh, and it just explains like this was the house band for Motown Studios, all right. and that's why there's always the same sound. So all the hit singles, all the like the golden era of Motown, they have the same. It's just the same band. It was the same dudes, and uh, and then Marvin Gaye would come in and they would record that song, and then like uh, uh, I don't know. The Supremes would come in, they would record a song, and they, it is just it was just this core group. Uh and the, the bass player there was this legend called James Jamerson. Of course. And just you have to with that name. All yeah, it's like all the yeah. <laughs> so good he got named twice. Yeah. He moved to New York <laughs> and uh <laughs> um Yeah, he he was just like um like peculiarity is that he played with only one finger which is crazy when you hear all the all the all the motown bass lines it's django it's just one yeah yeah like a bassist django he only played with one finger um was it the middle that finger the first that would have been that would have been <laughs> badass <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pointed pointed straight at the cabin <laughs> i should be i, I should be famous not you you know i play drums only with the middle finger <laughs> I mean, of course, I had heard it before, but that really, that became the thing where now it's, it's, the bass is like the first thing I pay attention to, unless, of course, it's like a, a track that was made for you to listen to the guitar or something. But uh, Motown was always my favorite, but I could never explain it. And then after like going down this James Jamerson rabbit hole, you could find on YouTube all of these um, isolated bass tracks. And it's just it's just beautiful, like the way he goes up and down. And he kind of slows down the time, brings it back again. It's beautiful, and um, like the story that I stuck with from from the documentary is, um, you know, he used to like drinking, you know, like who doesn't? <laughs> and uh, and I guess Marvin Gaye showed up, and they had to record uh, what's going on, and they had like to go find him. So they just went outside, and like he was outside at some bar, and they bringing him. Of course, this could be incredibly exaggerated, but the guy telling the story saying, like, they take him out from the street, they put him in the studio, and he said he was so drunk, he couldn't even, like, sit down straight. <laughs> like, he kept falling off the chair. <laughs> and uh, 
And then like, he's like, no, 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 just, let's, let's just go, just do it. And, uh, and he sat down, he was lying on the floor and he recorded that bass track. So it was like, like two or three takes. And it's just him with one finger on the floor. And it's, it is, it is beautiful. You hear the way that bass line moves up and down, up and down. Uh, it's crazy. Cause he was drunk. Yeah. <laughs> All the time, apparently. Wow. Alcoholism is not a joke, but that's. Yeah, we Pretty don't awesome. promote. We, don't, we actually we're not behind that on WRP, by the way. Just for yeah, do everything with <laughs> Pedro. <laughs> everything moderation, <with> moderation. <laughs> Please forgive that noise. I'm peeing. <laughs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> you can do that as much as you want. <laughs> this program is for um, over ten years old only. Yeah. I don't even think it's the baseline, but the songs that uh, the song that comes to mind is uh, "Come as You Are" by Nirvana. Because there is the there's this very distinctive uh, uh, bass and drum and bass like yeah. <laughs> um, conglomerate. Because actually, apparently, Dave Grohl um, wrote his uh, drums based on the bass line. And you know how they say that bass and guitar, uh, bass and drums should be very close, and they should be like uh, working together. So whenever you're playing in a band. <laughs> Guitar and bass are like trying to look at each other and like the, the, the players and the musicians. Oh yeah. You got to watch and, those faces uh, too and you'll know what's going on. Like if something goes wrong yeah. or if something goes really well, the faces are hilarious. Sorry, continue. <laughs> but basically, yeah, basically the, um, the drums have to like follow up on the bass and because they're both on, on the lower side of the spectrum of the music. <laughs> Um, spectrum. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, on this, this baseline is just basically you can even sing the drums, but that would be the baseline. Like for me, the baseline doesn't stand out as like, or it's not distracting, you know, it's not like, wow, that's a, that's a great baseline. Like it's, it's more like, it's a very appropriate one. And you don't know what comes without knowing the history or like who wrote what when. Like you don't know that the drums follow the bass or the bass. Like you don't know. It just feels like a song that just came into being all at once, right? Um, and yeah, I really like Nirvana, but I never thought about even like I don't even know the name of their bassist, right? Like I know Dave Grohl, yeah, Kurt Cobain, what? and then there's yeah, I know they're the other one it's or Chris two. Novacelic. Yeah, okay, good, you know it. That's fucking posers. Two two points in the. (laughs) I don't know. You're then you're. I literally know everyone else in the band, but not the bassist. Who's the bass player for Led Zeppelin? Who know? I I don't know the. I don't know bass. Oh my god! I don't know bass names. I don't know anybody's names. The easiest name: John Paul Jones. It's like (laughs) there's three first names. You got to remember three names. Come on! Oh my god! (laughs) Like it's so. And the normal names are the hardest ones to remember, right? And you throw them all together. It's like I don't know Bob, (laughs) Rick, Harry. Like you can. I don't know. No no excuse. Yeah, well, Pedro, who is the you know uh, the bass player for? That band. Same Impala. <laughs> Trick question. It's all the same guy. <laughs> that would have been my okay, response. Okay, the Beatles. All the same guy. <laughs> yeah. It's Whose name I'm blanking out on right John now. John Lennon. <laughs> He's the Beatles. That, that young John Lennon. Yeah, Sean Lennon. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> the clone. Pedro, you have quite a few songs in your list as well. 
yeah, it's hard, man. Some funky stuff. Uh, well, it's because I love the bass. After like, uh, like I said, like I love James Brown from a long, long, long time before. But it's just like when that one thing clicked, I revisited everything. And of course, I knew that Bootsy is the man. But like afterwards, it's just like holy shit, Bootsy's a goddamn genius. <laughs> um, so you just gotta go back uh, and revisit everything. Um, so there's this one track uh, by Parliament, which is um, which is called Flashlight, which in fact yeah. is not Bootsy. What? So a, a quick, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, right? Uh, so the the thing is like Bootsy Collins, like a really really quick history. James Brown had his uh, band. Um, he had his first band, and they were like super nice and tight, and it was funky, but it was just tight. Um, and then at some point, uh, he got his band got angry because he was like a bad boss, and they quit. And he was just like, uh, it "Doesn't matter. We'll get that. We'll get that young kid. That's amazing." And Bootsy, who was like sixteen, I think, and he just fired his whole band. And then Bootsy and his brother had another band. And then they became the new JBs. Uh, and that's it. So they basically, they were like crazy. They used to party a lot more, but they couldn't because of James Brown, who was like a, a dictator in the band. But they just learned, they had, they had all that natural funk and James Brown shaped them into like a nice tight band. But then eventually that got old. And then George <laughs> Clinton did Parliament Funkadelic and he got these guys. And then these guys went from all that. Tra it's like kind of like if they had gone to classical music school to the conservatory, and then they were let loose in the rock and roll world. They had just gotten all that amazing education over there, uh, and then they did Parliament Funkadelic and all that stuff. So in Flashlight, somebody wrote that line for Bootsy, but I guess I don't know if he didn't like it or something happened. I don't know why he didn't record it. So in fact, that baseline was recorded on a keyboard or a, or a synthesizer. I don't know how to say it. Synth. But but yeah, <laughs> I should use that. <laughs> yeah, so it was recorded on a synth, and uh, but I mean that song. The moment it starts is like instant. Like you, you just can't like that face. Like ah, oh, yeah, yes. face face. <laughs> yeah, and it just, same thing. Face. It just it just keeps rising. Up. Up, 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 and then down, down. It's just moving all around. It's such a good, such a good line yeah. all throughout the song. I was so disappointed when the song got to the end. So, such a disappointing I song. I know, at the end of it, especially. <laughs> all the time that happened after the song is so disappointing. <laughs> it just goes downhill from yeah. there. Yeah, you start, you start your day with that song. And it's all downhill. Uh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Just got to keep looping it. So I was wondering, like, um, you know, if you... So, uh, first of all, Bootsy is his real name or not? Uh, no, I don't know what his real name is. I don't, <laughs> nobody knows what his real face is because he's always got those giant sunglasses. Uh, I guess that's his real voice because I've seen some interviews and they go... Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But even, like, the way he's just talking, he's such an animated guy. That guy's a character. He's amazing. Yeah, Bootsy Collins. I guess. Yeah, uh, because I was thinking like uh, just how how much more um, interesting the names used to be, you know, like uh, Bootsy and you know Dick and uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know just all of those like really old fashioned names like 
I can't imagine someone just taking up a name like this. Even some last names like no. McGee. I feel like anyone with the last name McGee is not. They made it up. That's tough to wear now. <laughs> I knew. Oh, no. He was not a McGee. Yeah, I knew a different. <laughs> uh, let's talk about someone really bad. Uh, for a change. So, you know the story how Sid Vicious got a job in uh, Sex Pistols? How he, uh, like, had to learn to play bass overnight? No. no. <laughs> well, apparently, um, uh, their producer was kind of, like, uh, pretty much looking for people, uh, like, uh, as a, a boys band, you know? Like, he was just trying to create a, the, the next big punk band. So, uh, Sid Vicious was like pulled out of nowhere and, uh, he didn't know how to play, how to play bass, but he, like the story, like the story goes that he learned it overnight by listening to some cassette. And then the next day they already had a gig. So he had to kind of do that. But I don't know how accurate this is. And, uh, I honestly, like I haven't listened to a lot of Sex Pistols, like their recordings sound okay. But uh, I, I'm wondering, like, if you guys like, uh, so you you don't know anything about this, so you never tried to listen to their baseline specifically. I never know when I'm listening to the Sex Pistols. Same thing. This is this is like <laughs> one of those areas of music that I have never, that I should have gotten into, but it just never called me. It just sounds. Oh my god! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It sounds like a bunch of noise. Oh, how old? Oh. Oh, an old man, I know. <laughs> I had an obsession with them for like a week when I tried to like. I, I, watched this I thought movie you were gonna the... say for like a year or something. But... No, no, I just like literally obsessed with the facts, you know. Like this is I the short attention spans of the future. Yeah, <laughs> obsession that lasts a week. This is very 2021. <laughs> but seriously, like, I, even then, I didn't listen to a lot of their music because it's not very musically interesting for me either. But, like, the facts, you know, it's just so interesting. Like, the, the story is, like, and about this woman who uh, he was dating and, like, the drugs and New York and, like, how they're cast. It's just, uh, they were basically, like, just one one more fact. They were basically cast from, because this uh, producer guy, like, I think he was called Alan Mag McGee. Mag McGee? I, don't, I want to say McGee. But... <laughs> it's probably McGee. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't think it's McGee, but I think it's uh, um, Alan. I want to say McGee now. <laughs> okay, like, let's say Alan McGee. So <laughs> he was dating, um, I think he was like very, at least very tight with Vivian Westwood, who was a super huge fashion designer in London. And they, uh, they had this shop in London, like in Camden or somewhere. And, uh, basically it was just specialized in punk and like all those like, uh, Victorian, almost Victorian dresses and like turned punk, you know? And then they're like, okay, so there's this new movement and blah, blah, blah. So it all got together, like the fashion and the, the music. And they're also like opposing, kind of opposing the mods who were like a huge movement in England as well, where the guys were like, the people were suited and like uh, driving Vespa and like listening to uh uh you know probably motown and uh and then there's punk that you know, they were just like constantly fighting with each other so yeah and uh, sid vicious being one of the most famous uh 
bass players of all time. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like just the the name, like I guess like people know his name more than anyone else's, right? Oh. Just by like yeah, I mean yeah. I know his you name know. more than anything else about him, but yeah, yeah. But I believe those stories because like the music didn't require that much. It was more, and it's not yeah. it's not to say that oh it's shitty. It's like I'm sure it must have been fucking fun to be there. And just a bunch of guys, blah, I mean, that that was what was needed at the time. So, yeah, who who cared if it wasn't, like, uh, fucking in tune or whatever? Oh, yeah, no, you can't yeah, be in yeah. tune and punk. I, I see what you mean. I was just, like, all about protest, but um, I didn't really listen closely to the... And also, like, <laughs> I guess in those songs, bass is not the first thing that you hear at all. <laughs> I don't want to say noise, though, Pedro. That, that was a bit, a bit Offensive. harsh. <laughs> to noise music. That's a whole other genre. <laughs> which yeah. is well-crafted. Bleeps and bloops. And the sheet. But he even did a song as a... Um, he sang a cover of um, Frank Sinatra's song that was uh, originally a uh, Claude François song. Yes, My Way. Yes, so the um, Six Pistols did um, a punk version of this song where Sid Vicious goes to, um, so like the music video was he's in the, in this huge theatre and uh, dressed in a white tuxedo uh, suit and then he starts like shooting to the audience and then like it was ban- banned in a bunch of countries. Singapore? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but but not in America. <laughs> Actually, was he found and like, like made to play the bass because he had that name? It was like, all right, we found the right guy with the right name. <laughs> now we just got to give him a talent, and then uh, he can be in a band. Was it that way around? Or no, he they... was. Uh, he was born Simon John Ritchie. <laughs> and again, three first names. I would not have remembered that. Sid Vicious, I remember. Ritchie. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like Guy Ritchie? That's where the angle comes from. He might be related to Guy Ritchie. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So I got the I got the names now. Because Usman forced me. It's to. McPherson. So, uh, Sid was seven. McGee? Sorry. <laughs> no, he was, it was Malcolm McLaren. But then the second one I got right, Vivian Westwood. Uh, and uh, Sid, like, Ritchie was 17 when he was hanging around London. And then he, uh, he went to their store called Sex. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, he so met the edgy. rest of the yeah. what would you need <laughs> to call your person. store now to have that type of like just like it needs to be like <laughs> like everything has been said like if you want to have a store to attract that type of uh, energy <laughs> what kind of energy is that but uh, all capitals though. oh well <laughs> I, I feel like Kanye West would go for something like this too you know but more like faith or like <laughs> yes something or kanye i i remember someone at work uh started doing this noise you know when someone made a joke or something went well and they're like and i was like oh my god this song actually took over the you know the pop reference in this case is this song and no one even remembers that it's the song it's just the noise that people make now (laughs) yeah oh yeah there's gonna be a whole generation like at some point like no one alive will have heard the song on the radio 
and <laughs> and everyone will have heard it in this. And then some context. some like uh, some ridiculous nostalgic uh, high school kid is gonna discover the song. It's like, oh my god, they made a song. <laughs> they to made the, a song about Yeah. And some nerds on the <laughs> podcast will be like, "Did you actually know that this um, this sound that we do is um, is is a reference to this old, really old song that no one you knows?" Know, that makes me wonder, like, where does sad trombone come from? Is that like wah wah or the wah 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 wah? wah? It's got to come from. <laughs> it was part of a symphony, <laughs> right? It used to be this beautiful piece. It's <laughs> Mozart. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, his famous. Trombone oh, concertos. <laughs> like, uh. <laughs> That'd be great if you go to the opera and then it just. <laughs> For trombone. There's this one part of where they <laughs> do that. Someone dies. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. The famous death scene is from the original, uh, like, Carmen or, I don't know, operas. Oh, really? But, <laughs> we really need to find out now. Verona. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Seven Nation Army. I, I, it also kind of makes me wonder. Well, no, I think I answered my own question in my head, but I wondered why <laughs> wouldn't he just play the bass instead of a pitch shift guitar? And then I realized there are two people, they tour, they play live, and there's also a guitar, a guitar part or a guitar, like obvious guitar. So he's probably not switching guitars like mid riff and, so I guess the pitch shift effect or the tuning has to work on the same uh, instrument to make it. Yeah, a yeah I think like the, the fact is you don't want to, you want to, when you go to a White Stripes show, you just want to see Jack. I was going to say Jack <laughs> Yeah, Black, I do. I want to see Jack Black at a White Stripes show. <laughs> because it kind of rhymes. Yeah. But you just want to see Jack White doing this, uh, this line, right? You don't want to, you don't want some secondhand, like, bass player doing this. You came to, you know, you bought the tickets. You want, you want him to do yeah. it. It's all so... about that Jack. <laughs> and I think they use Jack Gray. Yeah. Is there a Jack Probably, Gray? Probably, but not famous. Is there enough. like all the colors? Yeah. <laughs> they have it's a, a super group. The Jacks. <laughs> Jack Rainbow. <laughs> Uh, Rainbow Man. Yeah, Rainbow Jack. So you have ten best bass players in the world, and you make them play Hysteria. <laughs> Did I hear it right? Yes, this is exactly That's what right. I would do if I had ten of the best bassists in the world. They, like seriously, like ninety nine percent, I'm sure that yeah. they're just gonna like turn around and walk away. All right, yeah, because they don't know how to play it. It's really hard. No. <laughs> No, all right. The thing about Hysteria, all right, now that I've listened to it again, um, it's that, uh, yeah, I've listened to the whole song just now in 10 seconds. Um, the thing about that bass line is that it's very like, there, you can hear that there's like a center. There's like a center that it's just playing around. It's very, and very much like Muse does. Um, they're, you know, musically proficient and like, it feels like almost like something, if it was sped up and played on a harpsichord, you would mistake it for something from the 15th century or 16th, sorry, 17th century or something. And it's like, um, I don't know, something about it. It's just like, it's very like on time as well. It's just like, it's really just every, every beat is, is a single note, but it's always a different note. Mm, Osman, I feel like Muse is one of those bands that you really like when you're 16, but then you're kind of... Um, then you see them live. I, 
And no, no, not necessarily. I'm pretty sure they actually they, they, must they be are good live. live. I saw them live. Like decent. But the thing about them live, it's not the musicality; it's the attitude. I just feel like the like at least the lead singer is probably full of, full of himself. That's just the Sorry. impression I get. He's probably very um, arrogant. I don't know. Full of himself. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not I don't know. I never really cared about them, but I'm not surprised. Uh, I'm not surprised you like them. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thanks. No, because I I feel like they're kind of like the like they embodied like what Queen left behind in the combining rock and theatricality yeah, and, in their song. And classical elements like fugue is in a lot of their music, right? They use those. So it's kind of like like U two has the the giant stadium sound, but blech. <laughs> I feel like this episode wouldn't be complete without. Um, without Serge Gainsbourg and uh, Melody Nelson. So I feel like this whole album is built around, well, not built around bass, but I feel like if you had to pick one album where you can remember a very distinctive bass sound, that would be that album. God like, yes. <laughs> I, and I know we have mentioned this album before in, in this podcast, but uh, I really, like, I can't uh, not mention it in this context. So Pedro is a is a fan as well, right? Yeah, and I, like I don't know everything that was happening at the time, but it just seems like it came out of nowhere. Maybe I'm completely wrong because I don't know what French people were doing at the time, but it just like it, it's 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 that one sound. It was like I I haven't heard that anywhere else before. It's fucking smooth and. Yeah, it's so good. Wait, so yeah, it's not even like about the technique. It's just like this. They got the sound it's so well, sex. like this, like fat and like cozy, and just like the the sound is amazing. And I know that like a lot of musicians have tried to like at least the the ones that I know of the Arctic Monkeys and their la- last album. They try to kind of reproduce the the bass from the album because they're also like obsessed with it. So they went to the studio close to Paris and they um. They actually, I think they met the bass uh, player from the, like, who used to play with Serge and, uh, but they, obviously they didn't get the same bass guitar, the same bass player, like, didn't get anything of it, <laughs> but they, like, they were obsessed with, like, just getting that sound. I have, like, one last thing that I could say in two minutes. I am not a big fan of pop music, but this is the power of bass, that sometimes you have this like pop music that is so refined and so perfectly crafted and then they throw in a funky bass and like you there's nothing you could do against it like you are a victim to it <laughs> and it's just beautiful and last year there was this album that i just i like i i stumbled upon it and i guess it's stupid that i stumbled upon it because i guess it was a big hit but it's not in what i usually listen to but it's jesse ware and uh like there's this song called like the heart of the city is on fire i don't know if that's the whole track or not but goddamn, it's just it's just beautiful clean elegant pop and it's got like this nice little bass riff in between all the all the verses and that's it to hear that song makes me feel all, all feminine and sexy inside it's <laughs> it's just a good walking around the city at dark sound it's uh it's fucking amazing uh yeah so i think bass 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 lines are great the end <laughs> i agree <laughs> in conclusion i like bass yeah <laughs> bass is good bass for precedent basically uh,